guys listen to this and you imagine that you guys are in like little spacesuits? Like, do you guys imagine like you are Chaluminauts? Like you're like astronauts why can't they the be like a, Why can't they be like BC uh, boatsmen sailing and sailing the ocean? The Argonauts. The Argonauts. Okay. okay. A BC boatsman sounds like some kind of like <laughs> boat impresario from the Chicago World's Fair. <laughs> BC boatsman. BC boatsmen's in the electronic B- canoes. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I know we got some fun stories to get to today, um, but I want to say I'm so proud of all my listeners. I got a DM today on Twitter that I just want to read real quick because okay. it is just. You're clearly learning and now, you're how clearly can you picking say up. All because I don't. That seems like a stretch to me. I imagine this one person speaks for the tens of thousands I of people that listen like, to it. Listen up, Chaluma bitches. <laughs> Says, uh, hey, not sure if you noticed in the news, but the Pope's over in the Middle East doing Pope things like making peace between religions. Clearly, this is a step in the disclosure process to unite major religions of the world before oh, severely no. altering the biggest missing piece, aliens, to solidify un- uh, unity on Earth. So Rail thank you. Right. I agree. That is true. Rail was right, baby. The Raelians were right. <laughs> nope. We should be having that much sex with anyone that we want. No. Nope. We should be anyone. using. Oh, no. No. Okay. No, no. Got it. Not okay. anyone. Not anyone. Jesse Cox. I, what? I thought anyone. Jesse. <laughs> Jessica. Look, Jesse. y'all can do that crappy voice. <laughs> My little Jaleshi knots. Jaleshi knots. Jaleshi knots. My little Jaleshi knots. I hate that. <laughs> do that next time. Hello, my little Chaleshi Nuts. Hello, Chaleshi Nuts. Hello, boys and ghouls. What'd you bring me today for the chill mini? Bring me your sacrifices, gentlemen. Okay, so this uh, there was a thing that happened this week uh, on the Twitters that I'm that I that I want to bring you guys in on. If you guys missed it, there is a TikTok user called Samantha Hartso. Something like that. And okay. uh, there was a Twitter account called Shay Mills that picked it up and it went viral. And uh, the TikTok is that she is like inside of her like New York apartment and she's like feeling this like sort oh, of like I breeze. Saw this. Oh, yeah, so this good. is crazy. She's feeling this breeze coming from like her. <gasps> yes, I did see like, this. Okay, sorry. The side of her door or something. She doesn't know what it is. And then she eventually realizes like there's like vents in her house and none of those are really like. Causing the wind. They think it's coming out of light switch. They're like, what the hell is going on? And then they realize it's behind the mirror. So then that's like the first TikTok was like, uh, because, you know, they can only be like a minute long. Right. So she sees this like she feels this like wind coming out from behind her mirror. The next the next TikTok is her like removing the mirror. And there's like a sort of like eye height square hole in the wall. That leads into an open room behind the mirror and then also like a doorway beyond that that leads to who knows where. And they're just like, is there somebody living in here? You know, like we always go through those stories of people like living in people's attics and stuff like, you know, and so they're like, what the hell is this? And then the account goes dark for like 12 hours or something like that. And everybody on the Internet was like. What the hell is happening? Did they die when they went in there? Like, what is going on? Because it literally ends with them being like, here we go. So that was like crazy. I was there for this as this was happening. So I was like, I followed this person. I was like, what is going on? What's happening? Uh, The next morning, uh, another one goes up 
where she tries to climb into her hips, like don't quite fit through the uh, through the door, which is like really funny. This is like classic me climbing out of a window. So she goes one foot after the other and gets her like like one foot on one side of the wall stuck and the other foot on the other side of the wall, which is like classic me. And then she crawls <laughs> inside and she's like, oh, my God, there's like stuff in here. So she goes inside and inside the wall is an entire other apartment and inside the apartment there's like trash some stuff is like stuff that people have been using there's like uh some like a water bottle there that's like not yeah. that old it's like a core water bottle yeah and the thing. reason yeah. and the reason there's the reason there's wind coming through her uh through her mirror is because all the windows in this apartment are wide open which is like crazy, right? This is like in a, a New York apartment thing. And I don't know what kind of rent she's paying for this fucking place. Maybe this is like the COVID, like, you know, prices going down type thing. But <laughs> she's in this place that is like, must be beautiful. Because this other apartment has like a downstairs. It's like a condo vibe. It yeah. leads to another doorway somewhere else in her building. She's able to walk out into her building and then walk back up to her apartment, like through the building. But it's just like a just like a totally empty apartment behind her apartment. And it was unbelievable. And uh, I wish that you all got the chance to be along on that ride. Uh, Nobody knows exactly why there's that going on. But some people say that, uh, you know, for some apartments, they have like alternate entrances to apartments for when you're not home so they can come in and fix stuff, uh, which is like really creepy. And uh some people are worried that she's going to get higher rent, uh, which I guess can happen in New York for this type oh, of, per- for, of reason. Uh, because technically she, she found another house inside her house in a way. But can That's you so just weird. can you imagine like finding like an apartment inside your bathroom mirror? I, yeah, I don't know what to think. I, I, I feel like I'd freak out once I saw a water bottle in there, honestly. Yeah, like I'd be like, oh, somebody's here. Somebody's here. Yep. Bye. Did I tell you about the the bridge that the guy went inside of? Did we do that on here? Like the Reddit uh, post where the guy goes inside the bridge? I, I can't think remember. So I think you told us about something very similar, but it might have also been a tube in a. I, there's so many of he these. He finds like a bloody condom in the f- corner and like a like a like a porn on the wall that like has like weird like serial nope, killer stuff onto it. Nope, we never talked about this. Nope, nope, nope. We did not. That nope. might have been one that I left out of the 69 episode. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> wow, Jesus, that's creepy as shit people finding shit inside their walls is a great rabbit hole to go down on the Mm -hmm. internet by the way i'm uh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh lighten the mood a little bit with uh, a story from a from a viewer uh from a listener rather over on the subreddit simply titled my talks with god oh my by uh toxic mischief i like (laughs) the name um a few weeks ago i had an unusual dream now i'm not a believer in god but I'm not one to immediately say believing in something like that is dumb. So why God would want to talk to me is something he would only know. I say he because it'll make sense in context a little later. Anyways, I remember being in an all white and endless space, very ethereal. And in front of me was a white chair, like a tall back throne. Originally, there was no one there. And then as with most, most dreams, suddenly there was, and it was Morgan Freeman. What? It was like the God from Bruce Almighty. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Now I know this sounds silly and I'm well aware of that, 
I asked why I was dreaming about Morgan Freeman and was told he had taken on the appearance of someone that would be more acceptable to my mind. I have taken on the appearance of somebody more acceptable to your mind. <laughs> I have taken on the appearance of Morgan Freeman. It was Morgan Freeman. And uh, <laughs> that's wild. Through a short conversation, I had begun to trust Morgan. And so he Don't asked say how Morgan he could help. like you're on a first name basis. He was, dude, he showed up. Listen, if Morgan Freedom showed up in my dreams, like maybe we would be Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Hello. <laughs> so I started to tell him about the things that uh, things bothering me, my job, money, woes and a friend who had become ill. And I had no uh, idea knowing how she would be, to which he assured me he would make sure she was OK. The last thing I remembered, Mr. Freeman telling me. You see, he went from Morgan to Mr. Freeman. I'll be losing my shit this whole dream. I'll be like, what are you doing here? Why are you the one from Bruce Almighty? The real God does Morgan Freeman too? I saw the film and I was just so inspired. (laughs) The last thing I remember Mr. Freeman telling me was that it was time to wake up. And so I did. I looked at my phone and saw it was only a few minutes before my alarm was to go off. All through the day, I couldn't help but think about the dream I had but never really expected anything else that was until last night as of this, as of writing this, this story is from 24 days ago. So 25 days ago, we have a Morgan Freeman update that benevolent Morgan Freeman came back. This time he was curious of how things had gone. Is there since any our other previous, kind? Yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, this time he was curious of how things had gone since our previous talk. Asked how my job was going, and I told him I was looking for something as a graphic designer, which, hey, if anyone can help me out, wink, wink, what? that I was still struggling financially, but felt steadier, and I was still keeping my friend and my thoughts in my heart. Again, he told me it was time to wake up as I was going to be late, and so I did, an hour after my alarm, but still enough time to get ready and to make it work. Now, I don't really have any solid explanation for this. Why would God visit a non- non-believer just to check in? So it has to be aliens, right? Yes, sir. You are correct. Yeah, I'm not so certain. Honestly, I think it was my brain subconsciously forming a sort of dream therapist to just help out and get things that I'd been ruminating on sorted, which if that's the case and it wasn't something a little more out there, then I'm actually proud of my brain because I've woken up since those dreams more motivated, albeit slightly confused. So I tried to keep this somewhat short. Anyways, I hope you enjoy reading about my talks. And if he shows up again, I'll be sure to let you know. I think Ask him great. why he's in Now You See Me Too. If you, if you talk to him again, Money. ask him why he said yeah. yes to that one. Man had to pay pay some bills. Uh, oh, I guess. Say, every actor I, gets a, has a movie or two under their sleeve that's just pure money. I love that story. I think that's great. I lo- it doesn't matter if it's God or if it's aliens, if it's just his brain. The idea that like in his brain, a motivational like at night while he sleeps, a motivational Morgan Freeman comes in and is like, <laughs> so you good. got this. Like, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's so cool. I do too. I'm, I don't I'm even really care what, that they, what the answer is. I just like that it's happening. You want to? Yep. You want to know something fucked up though? You know that movie Last Vegas, like the old guys in Vegas movie with like Robert De Niro and stuff. Yeah, that movie came out eight years ago. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't know. well, <laughs> you know, that was supposed <laughs> to be that was supposed to be like his like old guy. Yeah, you know, we're we're done with the film industry, but he's made like ten movies since then. Yeah, they. Uh, what is a man who only knows acting going to do when he retires from acting? Not act. You know? Fucking sit in a chair in a beautiful house and look out over the ocean because people out, out in the world love you so much that they imagine you're God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very true. 
Jesse. Yo. Okay. Hand the baton to you. Well, as we all know, catnip repels insects. It has been a fact. For <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. For- yeah, and all right. I say that because I think people in the audience would, but I don't know that we're out there like the three guys who know this. But no, nope, apparently it is a fact. Catnip repels insects. All right. Now scientists have finally figured out how exactly it does it. So uh, there is an active component, something in catnip that causes insects to like run away in fear. Like cinnamon vibes? Kinda. So basically, there is something in all animals, from flatworms to people, that is dubbed TRPA1. And this, this, it's like a thing where essentially it's how we respond to the environment and irritants within it, like heat, cold, tear gas wasabi like all those Mm. things it's how we respond to things that like it's the part of our body that's like this is not good we need to oh no let's go right it's the part of your body that's like we got to get out of here and um catnip has that effect on bugs yet for some reason is euphoric on felines same thing when you talk about like spicy food right for humans we're like yeah spicy food but other animals are like that's insane get away (laughs) from that spice me out yeah. And so studies, you know, they've done this before that uh, has shown that catnip is widely used by many people in many places to, like, keep insects out. But they never really knew why. They never really could figure it out why. So what they did is they did a study because science is awesome. And they were like, let's pull apart catnip genetically and compounds and all the shit. And let's figure out what inside catnip causes this. And so it's something called nepatalactone. Nepatalactone. Is that Klingon? <laughs> it sounds yeah. like it. Nepatalactone. <laughs> and basically, what they did things they were like they put it on one side of a petri dish, and then the other side would be empty, and like fruit flies would lay eggs on the empty side. Mosquitoes. If you put two hands in a uh, like a like a I don't know a test area, the hand covered in the the nepatalactone. No mosquitoes would try to draw blood from that hand. Um, that that kind of thing where they would just keep testing. And huh. what they did is I think is the coolest part is then they took insects that had been genetically modified to lack TRPA one. And they had no of like they the plant didn't bother them. So they they basically figured out like, all right, we know exactly what it is and something else. Right. They took out the part like sign. They signs the shit out of it. They like removed parts of finally, you know, bugs, life. Yeah. Bugs can enjoy catnip now. Finally. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that was lab and I'm pretty sure they're all dead. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so they suggest that the TRPA one in uh, insects that is, uh, you know, triggered there is because of nepatalactone, which is a crazy thing to say. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Northwestern University and all the people there who did that and how, you know, they were talking about just, you know, catnip didn't, you know, evolve in some way to keep 
insects away, right? Like, because people were like, well, why would catnip do that? Because uh, insects aren't like going to catnip and like, yeah, we're going to destroy this plant. I think it just, they think like maybe it just like came that way because of other things nibbling it, right? Like, you know, plants create yeah. spicy seed pods, which is what peppers are really. Because things would come along and eat them. So at some point in its long history, catnip, something was eating it. Who knows what? And now modern day insects are afraid of it because it genetically modified in some way. And I think that's fascinating. And uh, now we know that, uh, yeah, for some reason, maybe it could literally be. I don't know. I was like saber tooth. Who knows? Who knows what originally (laughs) caused it to like become that way? But here we are. And so I think it's tigers pissing on who knows? Who, knows? <laughs> who knows and thus catnip was born. Yep. Uh, fascinating. Well, thank you so much for bringing us all those wonderful things. And thank you for that wonderful Morgan Freeman. God story. We very much appreciate that was very it. Good we'll stuff. Be, we'll be back next week. Thank you patrons for supporting us as always. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Peace. Peace. my little chaluminots and welcome to the next chill mini episode mm. 42 mm. not even complain about it anymore i'm gonna thank worry. you i appreciate that jesse people seem to just love it when you're a pervert we're probably just pulling in some sort of sick asmr demo call me a lech it's better it sounds you cool lech. you lech you lech i'm like an old witch trying to like <laughs> you lech no. i'm channeling that revenge of the sith palpatine yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm that was fine. really that was very palpsy. Yeah. Uh welcome to the the chill mini, all my wonderful patrons. Thanks so much for your support as always. Uh, I don't know what the boys have, but <clears throat> I've got a dream interpretation for Jeff Jesse this week. I've got uh, a little article if you want me to jump in real quick. Yeah, let's start with the article then. Yeah, okay. So this is about Dyson Spheres, which I don't know if you remember about Dyson Spheres. But There's a game in early access called the Dyson Sphere Project. You can play right now. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Then I don't need to explain any further. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, it. You know, oh. the, uh, you know, the, uh, remember there was like the tabby star a couple months ago or something where people were looking at it and they were like, I don't know what's going on with this star. There's something going on with it. One guy was like, I think there's a giant Dyson Sphere built around it. Harvesting sure. it. You guys remember right, this yeah. conversation? Yep. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 So that concept of putting a Dyson sphere around a star is like the point of this story, but it's used in a totally different way. Cause this guy, Alexei Turchin, who's like a transhumanist, uh, has like self-published a paper about extending human life. And, uh, and basically they're looking at this way of, bringing people back to life via a quantum random generator. Okay. So if you think about a resurrection of all people who ever lived based on the principle of using the quantum random generator to create a random mind within a computer and you use the many worlds interpretation to imagine that all possible minds that ever were, were resurrected as that mind in different timelines it creates a sort of immortality that people talk about sometimes called immortality for self, where obviously like, it's not like a consumer resurrection where like, Oh man, my grandpa died. I want to just resurrect him so I can be with my grandpa again. 
Mm-hmm. But it does solve the problem of my grandpa dying and then being reborn exactly how he was in a computer somewhere so that he can now continue existing forever. Right. Mm. And it, theoretically, yeah. if you think about the fact that there's infinite universes doing it once in one universe using a quantum random number generator does it in all universes using super intelligent AI. Uh, but the amount of energy that it would require <clears throat> to do something like that would require the type of energy that you would need to get from building a Dyson sphere around a star. Uh, yeah. You probably couldn't oh, do it wow, around wow. our star because it would probably fuck up everything. Life on Earth? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's obviously just like in the same sort of zone as like cryogenic stuff where it's like we got the idea and we got half of it working, but the important half is not working. It's like that type of deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just think it's an interesting thing to think about in terms of like ways that humans can exist beyond uh you know it has similar vibes shells. to it has similar vibes to the quantum immortality kind of theory where like you never if die. You die in this one your your consciousness gets shoved shoved over into the one of the countless but the closest reality to the one you were in and where you survive it sounds so depressing to me that like right? we're all just gonna slowly realize that we're the only person who's not gonna ever die and then the rest of our life exists beyond the normal lifespan of a human until we outlive the entire human race and all of earth and everything kind of weird. It's like the ultimate vampire tragedy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's the one vampire who never, never gets taken out by anybody else. Yeah. Well, it is. I like thought experiments like that are fascinating in general to me. I love the idea of like, you know, it, it, what was that that video game from uh, the amnesia creators that also has that kind of similar idea. Uh, They they mess with the idea of, what is it? Soma. Was it Soma? Yes, Soma. Correct. Uploading <sighs> yourself into a machine and launching yourself out into space and all that stuff. It's a heavy game. It's really fascinating. But but it the thing the thing game. about that game and the thing about all those things, even I think there was a Johnny Depp movie, is that's like the moral quandaries. It goes back to Star Trek Transporter. Is it you? Is right? it you? Yeah. If you're uploading yourself onto the internet, that's just your memories. That's not you. Right. That's just computer being like pretending to be you. Which is a whole other thing. So, what if it is exactly true. you? Well, then, it, then, then, then what you're asking is 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 proof for a, of a soul. I mean, because that would be the only thing that that differentiates you. If a computer is exactly you, what's the difference between meet you and computer you beyond potential? Well, soul? if you're both Perception. existing at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Well, then, yes. Then you're two different people entirely. Yeah, yeah. And then, and more importantly, it's you know the you that is now the computer. It has a different reality than the you you have because sure. the computer is limitless and can do things you couldn't do. So now you have a different perspective. It would be like if you gave me some sort of superpower, I would not be Jesse. I am now. I would use that shit for evil. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you would lose. Yeah. Would you spare us? Well, I mean, what's my superpower? Right. If I don't it's know. like, uh, you know, name a superpower. I'll tell you how I'd use it. Super strength. Super strength, I would break. Uh, am I bulletproof? Question. No, you're just super strong. All right. I would I would try out for a football team and I yeah, would uh, always I would be the best player on the team. And it's I would not make evil, a though. That's just like, you know, you're giving yourself I would, a little selfish. I would cheat my way onto a football team and make a million dollars. And not what, if had, like, what if you had the stretchy man powers? Stretchy man powers? <laughs> How far do my stretches go? 
like, like Fa- Mr. Like Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic like infinite. You could oh, become yeah. a blanket would, over would, all of New York. Uh, from around the corner, rob people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'd pull that purse back and I'd be like, gotcha, old lady. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the brain dances from uh, cyberpunk and what it would look like to like witness one of those robberies of just like a stretchy hand going like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it great. Be like, oh, shit. Movie. Something was on TV. Yeah. Oh, I would. Also, I would use that as like uh, I'd go into porn. Right, I assume all of me goes really big. I do a whole thing. It'd be great. Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? It's interesting to think about that the paper like talks about like the idea of aiming for just close enough to your mind to like consider it resurrected. And I, you yeah, know, maybe in that in that mindset, I'm like, what are we even talking about here now? <laughs> yeah. We're just talking about like saving data to a flash drive, right? Like that's you true. don't. Yes, you're not, exactly. It's not your computer on the flash drive, right? right? It's just no. a. It's just the files. Well, it's a combination, I would imagine, of your memories and then whatever you consider your soul, like the character of who you are, because having your memories does not equal who like your motivation. Like It doesn't you know, it's that nurture nature vibe. There's there's something in between the two. That's why the concept of a soul is universally popular, because there's something like it's not just the memories you have. You can take right. To, you, you know, you can make a clone of yourself and that person's going to have a different reality than you. Something mm-hmm. will be different about that person. So, yeah. that, you know, I mean, it's, that's it's it. True. I mean, that's true. All right. We're going to move on. Jesse, not too long ago, you told us a dream that is recurring for you. Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. And you asked for interpretations of Did said we get dream. Some? Well, oh. I have one for you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But from Reddit user Little Foxicorn, who has made their best attempt so ready for this interpret your dream um they said just you know uh they apologize for their rough use of english which it's fine by the way you did a great job Uh, but it's not their native language but uh here we go jesse i'm excited for this jesse's dream usually starts off with him knowing that whatever is about to follow is not real and that he is just quote along for the ride yeah next the dream opens with an amorphous interchangeable wife who wakes him up with different methods he knows this is an actress this tells him to get uh, get up, but at the same time prevents him from doing so by performing different kinds of gruesome operations on him. Jesse, however, remains calm under this. This passage might well signify the deeper trust issues Jesse copes with, <laughs> and even the <laughs> and even the resignation Jesse feels toward his current situation. He wants a wife, he wants a life partner, but many of the previous people he encountered and will encounter in the future are in it for their own motives. They want Jesse, the YouTube personality, Jesse, the star, the always bubbly facade. They want the glitz and glam, but not the real him. Hence the operating uh, operation, wanting to change him as soon as they have him. And the feeling of being held back that Jesse experiences in that dream. I love when Jesse. Gets, guts, when Jesse gets his up, guts he, far too deep. <laughs> they're like, see how deep it you gets. are dissecting me. You are the, you are the wife on top of me right now. Cutting me open. Go on. When Jesse gets up, he meets the butler, who might be a subconscious representation of himself. He offers choices. He helps make decisions. He leads Jesse to the hidden away remote with missing batteries. That is a clear manifestation of wanting back control and the feeling of loss of that. Holy shit. (laughs) This is very good. Butler Jesse helps him hide things from the fake wife and tries to get Jesse in control again. 
signifying a shift from being along for the ride, aka Jesse knowing that some of the women are only with him for their own motives, but him going along with it because he enjoys the company and feels relieved from the loneliness, that to wanting some measure of control. He starts to want the real thing, a real relation based on mutual attraction and respect to be accepted as a whole. The missing battery indicates that, yes, he wants control, but is not yet ready to fully take charge of the situation. You're like the following great Gatsby. This, <laughs> following this, we have my, the wife. I'm going to be dead in a pool. I see it, <laughs> oh I see it clear as day. You're going to find my ass face down in a pool gunshot wound. It's happening. Oh, my God. Following this, we have the wife who pretends to be interested in his work and support his career. She encourages him to game. Jesse consecutively being actually in the game and killing it as well as getting enjoyment from it is a reflection of his work ethic and him being good and happy with his chosen career. It is dream Jesse being a happy workaholic. This eventually ends with Jesse finishing the game, his work, to find his fake wife sobbing because he, quote, killed their God. This to me (laughs) seems a representation of some of Jesse's past breakups. This is what I've been waiting for this whole time is this, this, (laughs) this bit of the interpretation, right? Him working so hard, the true life of a YouTuber, the dedication it takes, comes at a cost. The God stands for the fake relationship, the hopes and dreams the fake wife cherished, the false idol of what she thought dating an internet celebrity would be. She is in tatters because what she wanted and thought she got turns out to not be what she desired at all. And Jesse is distraught because, uh, and Jesse is not distraught because he knows she was with him for the wrong reasons. He was just along for the ride. If Jesse ever hears about this or reads about it, I suggest him trying to do some lucid dreaming and look back at the remote uh, of just around the room while this is happening. I would not at all be surprised if he found the missing batteries, aka aka him regaining control. I mean, like, that's that's pretty. I think Alex can attest that's pretty accurate to a lot of my love life. Where I'm like, look, I, I think that I think the I think the interpretation is there in the text. I think you can. I, I think you can derive this interpretation of Jesse's real life that is here in the text. Well, it's somewhat <laughs> apt. Yeah, it is I, somewhat I will apt. say a lot of it is. Yeah, I. One of my downfalls is I tend to not be like, yeah, all right, this relationship's fun, but like I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, I got other stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, which is one comment on this post from reversed posterior simply says, "I have a simpler explanation." Cyberpunk, along with tons of fantasy and strange story-based games he's played over the years. I mean, I think it can both. It can it can be a combination yeah. of both. Right? I definitely yeah, you're think that, uh, your deeper desires. Yeah, I definitely think I get in relationships where I'm like, I mean, this will be a, a thing, and then six months later, I'm like, <laughs> and so, that is just, just I mean, part of being human. Well, Jesse, on that deep interpretation, uh, we hand it off to you. <laughs> oh boy. Well, speaking of deep interpretations, let's get crazy today. Uh Great. A powerful hallucinogenic drug known for its part in shamanistic rituals is being trialed as a potential cure for depression for the first time. Yes, this is awesome. Participants will be given the drug DMT following uh, or followed by talking therapy. It is hoped this could offer an alternative to the significant number of people who don't respond to conventional pills for depression. Psychedelic assisted therapy might offer long term relief from symptoms. Some researchers believe a growing body of evidence indicates other psychedelic drugs, particularly alongside talking therapy, are safe and can be effective for treating a range of mental illness. 
This will be the first time DMT is given to people with moderate to severe depression in a clinical trial. Carol Rutledge, the chief scientific officer of a small of small pharma, the company running the trial, said, we believe the impact will be almost immediate and longer lasting than conventional antidepressants. Whoa. The drug known as the spirit molecule because <laughs> of the way it alters the human consciousness and produces hallucin- uh, hallucinations that have been likened to near death experiences. It is also the active ingredient in ayahuasca, a traditional Amazonian plant medicine used to bring spiritual enlightenment. Researchers believe the drug might help loosen the brain's fixed pathways, which can then be reset with the talking therapy. Miss Rutledge likened the drug to shaking a snow globe, throwing entrenched negative thought patterns up in the air, which allow therapy to resettle them into a more functional form. But this hypothesis still needs to be proven. The team is consulting Imperial College London, which runs the pioneering Center for Psychedelic Research. As part of the study, they hope to investigate whether the drug can be administered as a one-off or as part of a course. Subjects will be followed for at least six months to see how the effects of the treatment last. Meanwhile, ketamine-assisted physical therapies, uh, I'm sorry, just therapies, um, uh, in Bristol will open up next week. While the drug is already used for depression in clinics like the ketamine treatment service in Oxford, uh, it is not accompanied by psychotherapy. Rather, it is to provide temporary relief from the symptoms of people who have various, um, you know, uh, treatment-resistant depression. Uh, So far, unpublished research presented at the conference by a professor of psychopharmacology at the University of Exeter, Celia Morgan, suggests ketamine. Uh, accompanied by therapy has much longer lasting effects. And they also talk about how they're trying to do it with LSD and MDMA and all these other things to help with See, mental MK disorders. Ultra was good for something. I don't want to sign on to that statement, but I do <laughs> want to say that I think that this is the right track. I think that this type Agreed. of therapy is real and good. And I will tell you a story really quick about one time when I was in San Jose and I booked an Uber to a dispensary. And uh, the Uber driver, it was just me and them. And I was in San Jose. So the dispensary was kind of far away. And Mm -hmm. so we got to talking for a little bit because we were on the freeway. And she was like, I just got back. Look at this. And she pulled like a a picture of like a beautiful baby girl out. And she was like, this is my new daughter. I just got back a week ago from a trip to the jungle where I was on a guided meditation with a shaman through two or three ayahuasca trips. And I had so many breakthroughs and I've adopted this child and we're going to we're going to have a life together and I'm going to be a mother and I'm just going to put my past behind me and just keep on moving forward. And it it I know that sounds crazy, but this woman was not in a weird place at all. She was like totally fine. And I was like mind blown hearing her talk. And it, it was just super crazy to hear somebody finally make the decision to drastically change their life after one or two sort of like very very intense experiences like that mm-hmm. of that type i have i have said because we have a mutual friend alex who every so often goes out into the wilderness by himself in a tent i know this and friend like, does shrooms yes and like has a whole thing and every time he comes back he's like you know i suffer from all sorts of anxiety and depression and i will go out there and i will come back and be like i have seen how the universe connects to my like daily life. And I, every time I hear about his stories, I'm just like, I want to do that. I just, 
for science. Like I don't, I'm not yeah. suffering from any sort of like wild depression or anything, but I want to, I like, I want to be connected to the universe on a level where I fundamentally change my reality. Like, I Me want that. Too. I would do it for this podcast. Dude, I would let you recruit roll mics, your whole let's experience. Let's just roll mics and do acid, baby. <laughs> I would right? do it for the podcast. I would just be like, let you could, you could bring in a psychologist and let them just ask me questions. I would be like, let's go. Let's I mean, do this. I'm so I would be so into doing something like that. We could have like just a whole episode on just like what happened, and mm-hmm. but I would definitely want to be guided. Obviously, I wouldn't want to go yeah. in the woods oh, by myself and be like, like, "All right, all right let's get together." Shrooms it. Let's go. Yeah. Look, when we get I mean, that shot in our bodies and we can meet up again, we can guide each other. I can't believe I haven't seen you boys in like a year now. It's crazy. Usually, it's at least crazy. I got out there once or twice a exactly year. Exactly. Just over one year. Last time we saw each other was yep. February. I, yeah, it was like Did March. It was like March. March. 5th. Yeah. 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 I was in Boston. I was smashing 5th, drinks. That's right. Shaking yeah. hands, oh, hugging PAX everybody. East. That's mm-hmm. right. PAX East. Because because I remember getting out of PAX East and like a couple days later, they're they're saying uh COVID was like in, in the East Coast. We and had I'm like, to fly huh. to London. And we were just like, should we do this? Yeah. Right. Should we go? Nuts. And then thankfully, <laughs> Davis was like, bro, I'm not even chancing it. And yeah, we were like, kidding? all yeah. right. Yeah. No. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you so much for the support on Patreon. We'll be back next week with, uh, well, for the main episode, part two of Alex's biggest cliffhanger, but some more fun little stories for our chill mini. Until I got then, good ones. We'll I got later. good ones. I got so many. Ooh, bless. Bye. Hello, my little Chiluminots. Welcome back. Welcome back to Chill Mini 42, I think. It might be 43. might even be 44. Don't know. Damn. Anymore. That's a I lot know. of Chiluminis. It's a lot of Chiluminis. And, uh, it's Chiluminis are to- for the Chiluminati Awards at the end of the year. These are <laughs> oh. your Chiluminis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. I, I, I'm just thinking of like a, an award show we could do as Chiluminati in some form. That'd be super fun. We have to okay. ask our Chiluminatians. It has oh. to be like community awards. We have to do like a community award show where we give people like best story yeah. where your body Ooh, deconstructed yeah. and you became numbers. Best, ghost best dream. <laughs> best, best dream. dream. Best trip. Best doppelganger. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to open this one up because the article is not going to take that long. It's more of an update on an episode we did a long, 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 long time ago. So long ago, in fact, it was our very, very, very first episode on February 3rd, 2018. Wow. The Amityville Horror episode. I was just a boy back then. Just a lad. We knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the update is Ronald DeFeo, the killer uh, in, at Amityville, is now dead at 69 years old. Damn. Nice. Um, the uh, Ronald DeFeo <laughs> Jr., the Long Island man serving a life sentence for slaughtering his parents uh, and his four siblings in 1974, um, that would inspire, obviously, the movies is now dead. His death was announced yesterday. This was about a week or so ago at this particular point. Uh, but just an uh, update, by the end of his life, he was no longer pleading um, insanity and demons. And at the towards the end, he was actually trying to push it off on his sister, one of his dead sisters. He was trying to blame her for the reason that he was killing it. So for those who maybe don't remember the episode, uh, initially he claimed that they were murdered due to connected to organized crime. He later then shifted uh, to say that he was pleading guilty and then that kind of spun out into possession, which then was elaborated on by media. And then after that didn't work, he started trying to blame his dead sisters for the can fact you, that can he you had to imagine kill them like, being someone who at 69, at the end of your life, you're just like, I'm still not going to admit it. Yep. 
I'm still I, like, I, I can't you have imagine. To, I, if I was in jail forever, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I did it. What are they going to do? Give you more time? You're not time? getting out of there? Right, you're yeah. not getting out. You're not getting out. Like, there's, you're clearly not getting out. So he's officially passed. I just felt there's something worth uh, kind of putting closure on. Some of the, the very first book we opened on this show, that story is officially done now. Hmm. Uh, you know, do, you th- I, do you think because there's like movies based on it that like he'll be, he'll be in the, he'll be in the slideshow at the Oscars this year? <laughs> I was going to say the movies. I thought you were going the direction because there's movies. You think that's why he was hanging on and never like. I hate, I hate those slideshows. Those slideshows are a popularity contest for the dead. People clap loudest up. for certain people. And yeah. you're like, they're all dead. None of them care. <laughs> what are you doing? No. Stop this. They have oh, to get the, the live audio out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my article. Short and sweet, boys. But that's what I got. You so love to I'll see it. it off to whoever wants Honestly. to Honestly. All right, so I got the greatest uh, article headline of all time. Oh, boy. Uh, it's from a couple weeks ago. Scientists want to send 6.7 million sperm samples to the moon. Oh, yeah. A near automata. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, basically. I nice. mean, look, so so apparently it's it's being referred to as a, quote, modern global insurance policy so that we have a repository of cells just in case we fuck up the earth. Right. We have the, the moon <laughs> with all our sperm on it. <laughs> basically, basically, if we fuck up the earth so much that we destroy our life on it, we want to have at least jizzed on the moon. <laughs> wow. I hate, I mean, I look, hate that you look. It's a right it take way. because without eggs, it's kind of pointless. But whatever, you know, yeah, there was oh a uh, there was a team at the University of Arizona. They have a report that they submitted called Lunar Pits and Lava Tubes for a Modern Arc uh, at something called the Annual Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers Aerospace or IAC uh, on Saturday. Wow. Uh, but uh, he says apparently the planet's unstable. Uh, and so having the samples on Earth would be vulnerable for them. Uh, and there's something similar uh, in Indonesia or something like that. Let me see. Wait. I know there's now- a, an Arctic. Storage. Thing oh, that's what plants, it is. Yeah, that's right? what it is. It's it's in Spitsbergen in 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 Norway. It's the Svalbard Global Seed Vault. Yeah, and it's a big concrete like future structure that looks like it's straight out of that Tom Cruise movie, uh, whatever it's called, Oblivion. Uh, and it's and it's literally in the Arctic Circle. There's almost a million different samples, and each one of them has like 500 seeds. So it's yeah. literally like there to like do whatever and apparently it's like not that like expensive considering what it is it's just seeds seeds they have to keep in case we well body uh, well body seeds right mm-hmm. it it would take f- to t- to transport 50 samples of each species because it's not just humans it would be all types of sperm 50 samples of each species would take 250 rocket launches uh which, just to give you an idea, ISS to build it took 40. So the guy says, wow. it's not crazy big. We were a little bit surprised about that, which I feel like is crazy because launching 250 rockets is definitely not what I would des- describe as not crazy big. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, I love that that's their plan, but I I have some worry that... The moon's awfully close to whatever would destroy Earth. I mean, you know, just put it out there. There's a lot of scenarios in which Earth goes and the moon just comes along. 
Yeah, if so, the monster you know, inside true. the Earth wakes up, the moon is fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just if there's the a big dragon inside them, for us. Yeah, if we're just like intergalactic space monsters, egg. Yeah, yeah. What if the moon is the egg for the monster, and then they that that thing below the Cloverfield monster comes and eats the Earth? Yeah, you know then what I mean. Then we're screwed. What if Thanos uses his hand on the moon? It's going to fertilize the moon as an egg. Gentlemen, here's the thing. I propose what? we jizz on the moon. <laughs> that is a Maury episode because who would be the father? <laughs> yeah, it was the father. <laughs> who do you yeah. get? Like, is it like George Clooney's jizz? Like, who do you who do you get? Like a f- who do you? You put- know, Elon Musk's would go up there. Just I simply would because be honored. I would vote I would against be that. Honored. I would too. But he, you know, what would happen? Sign me up. Put me up. Oh yeah, no, they'd make Jesse clones. I know. I know. You want to go? go up, you want to go up? You want to send the babies up? Yeah, I mean, I'm not using them for anything. It's fine. I don't know if I. I definitely wouldn't donate them now, knowing that possibly, like, I could meet my son, who I like, definitely ha- created with my own sperm. But like, I have no connection to that. Would wild me. I guess in the case of like Earth blew up and these people, like, you I wouldn't guess be in, here. What the hell do you care? I guess in that case, I wouldn't mind. Am I getting <laughs> I mean, paid? Like, you know I would I, if I need to get paid. If I got paid for it, I'd pretty much jizz anyway. You don't even have to pay me. Yeah, that's the real. <laughs> that's the real truth. I don't even need to tell you if the aliens out. are taking it out of me. If you get me that's Chipotle, it. I'll jizz in your bathroom. I'll, you know what I mean? Like, I'll I'll help you. Out. I'll leave a sample. You're a cheap date. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Oh my god! Uh, All right, Jesse, <laughs> take us out of this jizz nightmare. Well, uh, my story is a little more. Uh, I guess actually, it's kind of related to what we're talking about. In a roundabout way, because who knows what's inside the earth? Um, In a recent scientific paper, it was once again posited that there is something in the earth and we don't know what it is. There is a hidden layer and no one can tell us what exactly this hidden layer is Um, for a long time. Scientists have thought that there might be something hidden inside the Earth's solid inner core because mm-hmm. the inner inner core, right? This the thing right in the middle is so damn hot, right? This I mean, the way like there is there is something like there's the inner core, then there's this yep. inner inner core and then there's all that damn magma and crap in there. The liquid liquid outer core, which is like 1800 miles long. Or deep, you know, whatever. It's all this liquid metal, and it's really hard for us to kind of, you know, we can't go into it. There's no way we can actually see what's in there. So um, we, you know, have thought about this since about the 1980s. And because there's no way to actually get into the inner core and see what's going on in there. Hasn't Russia been drilling like a special drill for fucking years and they like it keeps breaking in the part where they can't get past it or whatever. There's, there's, like there, a, yeah, there's a lot earth. of weird stuff going on and yeah. we've had to use sort of earthquakey waves to detect, you know, sending it from one side of the planet to the other and sort of seeing how long it takes to pass through the different parts of the, I like how I'm doing it with my hands for yeah, some reason yeah. no <laughs> one can see it, but you know, it, it, we're sending like the whoop, 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 through the, through the planet <laughs> to see what's going on there. And, um, Using like, these waves. It seems to be vegan three bean chili. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it needs salt, sir. It needs salt and a lot of hot sauce. And then we know we're trying to recreate an image of what these waves are passing through. And strangely, when waves pass through the core from north to south, they travel faster than when waves passed parallel along the equator. 
No one knows mm. exactly why this is, but it's an oddity enough that they've really decided to like dig into it. And for the last two decades, it's been very unclear why this is the case, but they're starting to see some possible answers. So they have a data set of about 100,000 earthquake waves that pass through the core and applied an algorithm to it to search for the best physical explanation as to what the hell is going on. And what they found was that the inner inner core, right, the very heart of our planet starting about 400 miles ish um from the, like the, the exact center um there is something a little bit off and there's this like noise in the data they don't quite understand and to them it means that the core is much more complex than we ever knew before and you know it could be anything from like uh, iron crystalline structures to like crazy metal things that we don't quite understand yet. Um, kingdom of reptilian conquerors. <laughs> yes, that are, yes, that's what's happening. I'm telling you. And so they said, you know, it's this, there's something strange going on there, but we, the best we can say is that there's just another layer that is, you know, just like the planet, because if you look at Earth, we aren't exactly perfectly a ball, right? Like the around the equator, we're a little fatter than we are at the top. And so the same thing is going on inside the planet where there's something in there that's, you know, very similarly shaped around the core. And they don't quite know what it is, but it's also one of those things that, you know, I hate to break it to land of the lost people. It's so f- it's like underneath the magma layer. So it would be so oh, effing hot dang. that anything that lived there would be constantly, you know, very sweaty. Um, <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows what's in there? But they're like, it could be, you know, you know sometimes you think of those, you know, if you open up uh, a rock, and you see like this beautiful crystalline world inside. Right. They're like, it could be like that. We don't know. It could be amazing. It's my we will never in our minds be able to exactly describe what's happening in that layer but it, it's it could ama- be crazy amazing crystal and it's like giant crystals all the who knows the who knows what it is just gonna so, stay up late yeah. and think about the planet shattering apart every night forever <laughs> just like open it up and look inside yeah and so there's some there's a hidden layer and they're just like discovering that it exists now so there you go oh my god mighty max i haven't thought of that in- since I was a kid. Yeah. And Polly Pocket. Let's be real. Oh, well, Polly Pocket. Same, Poly, yeah, like, same shit. Polly yeah. and Max. It was. Yeah. They might have been the same person. I, I don't know what the, the what the deal was with them two. <laughs> they were dating, okay? Yeah. No, they weren't. Polly Pocket only <laughs> dated Jesse Coxick. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it for that. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's it for the minisode then. Thanks so much, everybody, for your uh, wonderful support on the on Patreon. We appreciate it. Uh, we will see you guys uh, next week. Well, actually, since this is a back to back, we'll see you in f- like a couple minutes for another. If you're one. already okay. a patron, this is a big weekend for you, baby. Yeah, it is. See you in a minute. Hello, my little chiluminot. Oh, you know how come sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's like I don't know because I think <laughs> you find it a little bit sexy. And sometimes you, you actually, get catch, you get caught being like, who's this? And then you remember it's yeah. Mathis and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> First of all, that should make you even more excited. Not turn you off. But uh, uh, yeah, I think Alex is right. I think there's a party that gets a little tickled every time I say it. So, uh, you know 
I'm not tickled. Depends on how good your <laughs> headphones are. If they got that good bass, you know what I'm saying. And we know Jesse's a big audiophile, so not, he's getting the good. <laughs> good Jesse still subscribed to Title. <laughs> he's in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited because uh, it's kind of a user story slash submitted thing. Heavy minisode. I've got a report that I would like to read. I've je- and I know Alex has got a story, and I don't know what Jesse's brought. So I'm going to start with the UFO report. So this was actually uh, dropped by a Reddit user. Um, this was a UFO report from 1974 uh, that their whole family saw on a car ride. They uh, got so spooked, they reported to the cops, and they went to the local UFO um, researchers uh, of their area, and this is the report that they gave. I find it fascinating because I actually now get to see the kinds of questions anybody who sees a UFO kind of is given by them. But there's some interesting descriptions of the craft and uh, just the uh, encounter itself. So I'm just going to go through the questions they were asked, the answers they gave and a little outline. It's about three pages long, but not too bad because it's just like yes or no questions. Um, so it starts with uh, if, if the object itself was falling to the ground, if it was uh, traveling, um, what it was, uh, if it was traveling across the sky how it was moving and they answered it was falling to the ground straight down how many objects were seen and what did they look like be specific one object the approximate height of the object was about 100 feet above the tree line of the hill it disappeared behind this was over by the way the location was at yukon exit on uh the i-70 um what uh let's see approximately 100 feet above the tree line is where it disappeared give an indication of the size of the object compared to something similar. And they say, I would say it was slightly larger than a small plane, like a Cessna. And uh, the color of the object was red. Was the object the entire time the same color? Yes. What was the brightness of the object compared to say a star? And they say see sheet three for comparison. Uh, So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Did the object appear solid? No. Was light emitted from the inside or the outside? They say it was the outside. Did light seem to stay the same intensity at all times? Were any lights flashing and visible? Same intensity, no flashing lights. Uh, it seemed steady in the air, no appearance of any wobble whatsoever. No exhaust or jet stream was visible. Did the object continually move? Yes. It observed it falling to the ground until it disappeared behind a hill. How long did you observe the object? Approximately two seconds. Was there any indication of intelligent control? They said none. Were any physical marks uh, residue a scene? No. And uh, if so, what direction were you traveling? They were traveling uh, uh, down the I-70, but the object did not stop. This is so in Pennsylvania? Drawing. The I-70, uh, I guess that would be in Pennsylvania. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, the Yukon exactly. yep. exit? Uh, yep, the it, ice? Is, it is Pennsylvania. Yep, you are correct. And that is the Yukon exit. Um, a little bit lower, they actually have a little bit of a drawing where they can where they saw the red lights on the object. It wasn't just a giant red ball, but there were six or rather five red lights, two on the right, two on the left, and one in the center. Um, and they kind of draw that out uh, for it. But here's the actual remark. So I'm just going to read the actual uh, the whole encounter. Our family was turning home on Sunday evening after spending Easter Day with our families at blank and blank's place. Very we timely, very timely yes. little issue. Yeah. Right. Isn't it? We were traveling east on the I-70 with with myself driving, my wife next to me and my daughter next to her, all in uh, the front seat of the car. My other three children were in the back seat. Our car is a uh, 1970 Olds 98 four-door sedan with lots of room and a big front window. So all we had was a good, so we all had a good line of sight. Just before crossing the first bridge at the Yukon exit, my wife yelled, oh my God, what is that? 
I caught sight of the object about the same time she did because I saw it before she completed the sentence. My first reaction was a quick statement to the family. That's a plane going down. However, my wife and uh, my wife said, I think, I think it's a UFO. We can, uh, we caught sight of the object at a line of sight of approximately uh, 11 and it appeared to be about a hundred feet above the tree line on a hill. I initially thought the thing was coming down on the near side of the hill. And frankly, I was a little surprised when it disappeared behind the tree line of the hill. I thought it was a small plane coming down because I mistook the red lights for fire, but it, and it really didn't look like fire since there were no trailing flames or smoke and it was not completely engulfed in flames. The red lights were concentrated in the areas shown in the sketch, which is uh, I kind of explained above. I did not make uh, out any metallic substance of the object at all. I keep referring to this as a singular object because that is how it appeared to me at all times. It did in fact look like a singular object, but I must say I do not remember seeing anything resembling a connecting structure that tied the lights together. It could be that these lights were in fact separate entities and the closeness of the pattern and formation gave the impression that it was in fact a single object. In any case, we observed this object for a couple seconds until it disappeared behind the hill and we continued traveling at the same rate of speed, approximately 55 miles an hour, when we got to the top of the next hill, we tried to see some evidence of a fire or crash where we thought it might be, but saw nothing. When we continued home, where I immediately called the state police. One further comment, this object did not fall from a high elevation. It just seemed to appear. Nothing was there, and then all of a sudden it was there. Our line of sight was such that if it would have fallen from a higher altitude, we would have caught sight of it before we did. The highway is almost straight as an arrow at that point. So we basically had the same line of sight for approximately one minute or so before we did catch sight of it. And that's the end of the report. And I just thought it was interesting. I love Sounds how like detailed. Sorry, go for it. No, no, no. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I love how detailed the actual questionnaire is. Yes, I actually left out a whole page of questions. I think that's that was fascinating that they are just like this is like describe this. Was it this or this? How would you Here, describe? Yeah, let me I think that's like really genius the way that they've set that up because it does ask questions that you can immediately be like, that was a plane or that was like there's it's very smart. I think that's amazing. Sounds straight yeah, uh, out of the Robert couple, Taylor case or something like that. Is, yeah, I'll give you a few more of the questions. It's like, was there any loss or dimming of the lights? Was there any radio or TV interference? Were there any noticeable animal disturbances? So cool. Have you had any period of time you can't account for? Have you had any unusual nightmares since your sighting? If so, explain. Did you see a beam of light emit? Uh, while the object was under uh, observation, did you notice sun or the moon? Hmm, you how many natty lights did str- you drink? Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you have any knowledge of astronomy's one? Like it just goes on and on and it really, really um, details like what they what they did. Damn, that's so, so I just thought that was really fascinating. The report itself, even if the sighting itself is kind of it's interesting, but, you know, it's hard to say whether that was a meteor or something coming down. It's a very standard but, UFO sighting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very like sure. out of nowhere. It was quick and it disappeared behind a hill or a tree line and stuff. So thank you very much um, out there to the user who dropped that. I apologize. I clicked off of the. Uh, the actual link so i don't know your name anymore it's gone but i appreciate it yeah who wants to take it next uh i got i have a story and then do you do you, what do you have jesse i have something fun for the users for the users oh, okay. i fight for the users no for the <laughs> listeners reboot i was like fun for the listeners cox legacy uh all right well I'll, I'll read my story and then we can leave it with a call to action how about that that's good yeah, seo let's right do it uh okay so this is this is called Stories from El Salvador, uh, and this is by V. Urbina. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Can't wait to read this. 
Hey everyone, I just started listening to the podcast and currently listening to the Latin American folk tales. And I have two that my family have told me over the years about the same quote unquote ghost called the Siwanaba. Siwanaba is not spelled in a way that I normally would be able to pronounce that one try. <laughs> so luckily they allowed me a uh, pronunciation guide, which I'm very thankful for. My entire family is from El Salvador. Both of these are from my dad's side of the family and come from two family members. Story one is about my biological grandfather who I've never met and neither has my dad. This was a story that was told about him. This is pre-1950s. My grandfather was known as a womanizer and that he couldn't pass up hitting on women. So basically like Jesse. Uh, so one night <laughs> he was coming back. So one night he was coming back from drinking at either a local bar or from a party on horseback when he was descending down the mountain that the town is built on. He notices a woman on the side of the road leading down and stops to talk to her. She was supposed to be very beautiful and he had to stop. It was dark and she said she needed help to get back to the main part of town. The road in front of them was covered in darkness and he said if she got on the horse, he could give her a ride back. She agreed and climbed on behind him and they headed down the path. They got to talking as they were riding down when all of a sudden the woman stopped talking to him. Then she wrapped her arms around him and he thought that he closed the deal. She began <laughs> holding him tighter and tighter. And then when he turned around to get her to uh, to get her to losses up her face. What? To, what happened? I think, he meant like, I, think he, I think that was meant to be get her to loosen up on the grip. Loosen oh, up. She began maybe. to hold him tighter and tighter. When he turned around to get her to loosen up, her face changed to a very ugly woman. She then yelled out that she isn't letting go and he was hers. And in fear, uh, he made the horse gallop down the path as she cackled. They both fell off the horse as they got to town. He was able to get up from the fall and noticed the woman began to walk away from him, cackling into the night. And the next day, apparently he had a fever and was sick the next few days. He never saw that woman again. Yikes. <laughs> That's that would be terrible. Terrifying. That is a like God. open and shut, like scary stories to tell in the dark style. Really? Yeah. Ghost yeah story. You know, you know right. what I mean? Like it's not Very. directly one from that book, but I just mean it has that sort of like movie style creepiness, right? I don't understand the creep factor there. Me? If she was holding on tight and I turned around, she was like, ah! And go, I'd be like, damn right, girl. She'd be like, no, yeah, she's like, no, and I'd, I'd be the one cackle laughing, like, ah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna out freak the ghost, yeah, I'm gonna out freak the ghosts. What, uh, okay, story two my family lived on a compound in the town, meaning that all family members were living in houses next to each other with a common middle area. Some of the buildings had a wall or fence between them. My cousin, who was around 13 at the time, went out after dark to use the bathroom. My family has all told the kids not to be going out at night because it is dangerous. He decided that it was fine because he was just going to take a leak. He stopped uh, a nearby tree that was next to a wall and did his business. And then he heard a woman's voice, which started him. He startled him. He began to look around and could see no one. And he began to hear laughing and looked up to the wall near him. And he saw a woman he had never seen before. And he was frozen in fear and he could not scream. Next thing he noticed was that his dad came up running gun in hand and grabbed my cousin. As he grabbed my cousin, he started firing his gun towards the woman and also told my cousin to turn around and don't look back. The woman disappears after that. He says what? he can still remember what the woman's laugh sounded like and it haunts him. Guys. Well, good Lord. Wonder what I was wonder she what, ugly. I mean, I wonder what this is about. 
Right? Like, why has this woman got to be like, I don't know. How come no one's going to go talk to her? Like, hey, she's what's a cautionary on? tale, right? Like, About it's what? classic. It's a classic tale to scare people from talking to people on the road. I guess. But this is not a house. This is like in the courtyard of a house and like housing complex, I guess. But I mean, I don't know what the situation is like, you know, like I, for example, walked through like four, four neighborhoods today just on my walk, you know, and I'm I mean, I'm not a scary demon ghost girl, so it's fine. But like, <laughs> you know, if I was, I, you know, I'd still be scared if it was in my neighborhood. That's what I've heard about you. You're, you're a demon ghost girl. I bet you I look homeless from a distance at the very least. <laughs> like maybe like you see me from far away and you think what is this guy doing? oh no he's just a guy who lives in his house in covid oh okay i don't know you <laughs> thankfully we're in la COVID, man. there's a lot there's a lot of like <laughs> want to be alex's in this city so you know from a distance it's like oh that's just alex you <laughs> think you 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 think most homeless people are me is what you're saying <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm <laughs> you're like oh shit is that alex sitting under that bridge <laughs> Oh, oh shit. No, I nope, can never sorry. mistake I can never I can never mistake you for someone who's homeless. I've been in your house. Oh, that's true. I do have a house. That's yeah, you- <laughs> That's one Jesus. key. That's one of the deciding yeah, I've been factors. In your home. Yeah. It's one of the hints that they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's thank great. You so much for the stories. Uh, Jesse, you are it's up to you to wrap it up. Yeah, hey everyone. Uh and this goes out to these two gentlemen as well. So I am, um, this is going to sound weird, but in my, uh, life goals, we'll say, um, I have discovered that, you know, uh, this period of us being stuck at home turns out not to make you the happiest, right? People are, wow. are depressed and like kind of messed say. up and yeah. So one of the things I discovered, and this was actually a very good friend of mine told me that she took this and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what is she's like, trust me. It literally changed how I view a lot of things during this pandemic BS. And I just want to send it to you. So I'm going to give this link to the boys here. But um, this was recommended to me by can't wait for this. A very good friend. There is a Yale course that's totally free. You can enroll whenever you want. Financial aid is available. (laughs) But it's it's a totally free course. It's called the Science of Well-Being. And just a little descriptor of this course. In this course, you will engage in a series of challenges designed to increase your own happiness and build more productive habits. As preparation for these talks, Professor Lori Santos reveals misconceptions about happiness, annoying features of the mind that lead us to think the way we do, and research that can help us change. You will ultimately be prepared to successfully incorporate a specific wellness activity into your life. Right. So by the end of it, Hmm. you'll have something moving forward. It says it takes about 19 hours to complete the total thing. You obviously don't have to do it all right away. It's this thing where three million people have already taken it and it's totally free. You just sign up and everything's it's, you know, you're just taking a course, right? It's like a 20 hour course. It's not even that bad. Yeah. And just to give you an example, because I'm all about the freebies for kids out there. Here's another link that I'm going to send to these boys. This is one of the very first activities they ask you to do. Go to the VIA Institute on Character. It is a VIA Character Strengths Survey. Oh my the god! The VIA this Survey is depressing. 
the online right. free scientific survey of character strengths in the world. Take it. It's 15 minutes long and discover your greatest strengths. They're going to be research like, maybe you didn't that- need to buy all those comic books this year, man. Yeah, research <laughs> shows that knowing and using your character strengths can help you increase your wellness and your happiness and well-being, find meaning and purpose, boost relationships, manage stress and health, accomplish goals. Basically, it's 15 minutes long. You sit down, you take this thing, and by the end of it, you learn kind of like what your main strength is. And it's like, stop trying to do other people's strengths. Focus on your own and like hone that. And so once you know what your strength is, once you know what you're best at, you can hone that specific skill in your life and become the best at that thing. And that can help increase your productivity and your happiness. And that leads into this course. So if you don't want to take the whole course, just take the 15 minute thing and figure out like where you should be focusing and you will have some clue. And so I give that to the uh, audience out there to look at. Hopefully you will have these either on the Reddit or in the podcast itself. And there are links. Enjoy. What a. What a wonderful little positive thing to end yeah. on, Jesse. Yeah. And uh, I'll make sure that these are posted in the, uh, on obviously for the Patreon minisode. If you are listening to this and at some point in the future, this is in a freebie one and you're actually interested, if you could just leave a comment or something, I'll make sure we get the links out there. And I'll just so I remember to put it in the descriptor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week with another minisode for y'all following uh, whatever episode next week ends up being. Bless. We thank you so much for listening. See you then. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out of here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky. 